Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uriyidi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. We are all trying to achieve a certain level of balance when it comes to the various facets of our lives. Career, health, finances, spirit, relationships. When it comes to that last one, and more specifically marriage, I'm definitely an advocate for putting in the work towards making the necessary commitment for the long run. But let's not kid ourselves. Marriage is not easy. And when things don't work out and two people have to call it quits, there are some very real repercussions, emotional or otherwise, that result from that. My wonderful guest, Stephanie Delpy, is all but too familiar with this uncomfortable fact. And it's with a sense of openness, vulnerability, and reflection that she bravely chose to return and share her thoughts on this often overlooked truth. On this episode, we discuss cultural upbringing, family expectations, the importance of hindsight, overlooking the signs, as well as acknowledging our own sense of self. A conversation filled with honesty and truth, which I do hope will allow you the necessary perspective, however useful, in your own journey. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 98 with Stephanie Delpy. Here we go. Thank you for being here, man. Um, no, thanks first for of all, having me. I really need to, you know, first of all, thank you for the basics. At the very basics, you can't acknowledge, you know, where you are until you recognize how far you've come. You were one of the very few, you know, people in the beginning, you know, who did not hesitate to say yes uh, to being on the podcast. You're one of the first guests on the podcast in the single digits, as we were saying off the air. Um, so I want to thank you for that. Because it's been a fun adventure and you've been nothing more than supportive. You know, it's a, it's amazing. So I really want to thank you for it. You know, it's something that I'm so humbled by and, you know, just your affection and support. It's been something that's truly tremendous. So again, thank you for that and thank you for being here. You are so welcome. And it's my pleasure. I am so 100% supportive of what you do. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to be a part of it. So thank you for including me. A terrific journey. Wanted to connect because, again, you know, we connect on and off the air, you know, every other day, you know, just, uh, you know, just looking at your journey and everything. So, again, the inspirational journey, the growth, the power woman, the boss and so many things. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, just overall growth and, you know, accepting your journey and everything that happened. And it was a really cool idea to actually, you know, round up two little topics that re we both resonate with in terms of personal growth, in terms of not just um you know because we talk a lot about you know surrounding yourself with the right people and sometimes you know sometimes the best you know, our self will reveal itself throughout struggle throughout heartache throughout pain and you know you were very open and like you know being open to sharing your story in terms of you know again you know you being married and you know unfortunately you know if, if the marriage doesn't work out and we all go our separate ways and how we can build from that and eventually our self reveals itself and that's a very powerful truth uh that you have to go through and again thank you for you know bringing your story to the forefront and you know allowing us to share your your your, your journey that's really, that, thank you for that yeah no problem i mean i think for me you know one of the biggest things that i learned um very early in my 30s is that everything starts with you 
right? And so when I was kind of like in a really tough place where it really felt like the whole world was falling apart, I had married this man, I had stood before, you know, God, my family, my friends, and I said, this is a person who I thought at the time that I wanted to be with forever. And when it all fell apart, I really didn't know what to do, right? I had all these friends and family, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I couldn't tell them that I failed, that I was not successful and that I had started this journey and I couldn't finish it. Right. And that was so hard for me. Um, and so when I started to kind of go through that and just trying to figure out what was next, um, I really realized that I had to start with self. Cause I think it's easy sometimes to look at the other person and look at all the things that they did wrong and could have done differently. Um, but I really had to reflect to kind of try to figure out, what was sort of broken in me that allowed me to um, put myself in certain situations, to be accepting of certain things, to make choices, right, that really led me to that path? Because if I'm honest with myself, I probably knew, in hindsight, I can say, right, because in the moment, Uh you're never really thinking about it. But I probably knew that he was not the right person for me, right? And so I had to really ask myself, like, did I um, embark on this marriage for the right reasons, right? Did I really, um, was I in love with this person enough to really want to commit the rest of my life to him? And was he loving me in a way that made me feel like I wanted to commit the rest of my life to him, right? And so I had to really explore how did I feel about myself, before I could even really understand um, the impact that had on the types of relationships and the types of people that I was choosing to share my life and my space with. And that was big for me. Right. So so it's been a very hard journey because looking inward is a courageous thing to do, a humble thing to do, and a scary thing to do. How'd you live that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I say it's a hard journey, but I think a very necessary one. Um, And to be honest with you, like, I feel very grateful because I feel like there are people who are in their 60s who still haven't taken the time to do the work and to grow and to really learn the lessons that I feel like I've learned. And I don't think the journey is ever over. I think that it's ongoing and you're constantly learning. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was tough. Um, I started out with therapy. So, you know, I will tell anybody who will listen that therapy is a very, um, what's the right word to use? I think a lot of people feel like if if they have to go to therapy, like that means that they're failing or they're asking for help. Or I think a lot of times too, just like in our um, culture, right? Therapy is looked upon as like this bad thing or something you shouldn't do. And it's, yeah, exactly. Um, And so for me, when I started that journey, I was kind of like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Um, But I just realized that it was very necessary. So I spent a lot of time really working with a therapist and really just talking through um, some of the root causes, as I mentioned, of my decision making and just trying to understand like why I was making the choices that I have, like were there issues in my past and my childhood, you know, I had a great life. I had great parents, um, Mm -hmm. great family, obviously are part of it. Um, But there are still things, right. That you deal with as a child that you experience that kind of help shape you into who you become as an adult. Um, 
I think for us, like growing up in Haitian households, like we grow up with really, really, really tough parents and they're amazing. And they're really trying to give you all the tools that you need in order to survive. Right. Uh Um, And to do better than them. But sometimes in hindsight, I think they miss really teaching you sort of like what I would call the softer but very critical um, life skills that you need and yeah, one of those skills. is really like love right and how to love and how to show love how to recognize love and really what it is that you should be looking for in a relationship um, and a lot of times it felt like relationships were meant to be very functional they were meant to be you know a means for like raising children and growing a family as opposed to really understanding like how to communicate and how to like express emotion and how to really in my opinion, find a love that that is deeper, right? Yeah, explore the vulnerability that is reaching out to another soul and trying to connect with that person on the same energy level. Uh, just to give, just to piggyback on what you're saying, we've definitely been taught about the roles and duties of individuals within, you know, the marriage and the relationship. But mm-hmm. in terms of going down to a deeper level, you know, regard, in regards to empathy, in regards to, again, connecting with the same person on the same wavelength, I definitely understand what you're saying. Chances are we haven't been really too coached on that. And sometimes with this generation, at least, we're being a lot more, um, you know, I'm trying to say, get um, what's the word I'm looking for? sensitive to to these needs uh that are very necessary within the realm of a relationship and sometimes if we haven't been coached or we don't care enough you know to mind these needs and these very necessary aspects of relationship this is where some things can go astray and it's part of our bringing and we have to take responsibility for that mm-hmm. so i think for me it really like i said so talking it out and really just exploring that part of myself really forced me to start to ask some tough questions and to just really start to figure out what was important to me and what was critical. Um, and, you know, I also say like my marriage wasn't the first and only broken relationship that I was in. Right. Like, I think I had to go through another couple of um, relationships after my marriage um, mm-hmm. where I started to kind of embark in the same journey Um where I was dating men who really couldn't truly love me or care about me. Um, But for some reason, like I was chasing, right. I was chasing this ideal, this relationship with someone who clearly didn't want to be in a relationship. Right. Um, And when I say clearly, you know, they were saying the right things, but like you could, I, I think you can feel right when someone really wants to be with you and when they don't. Um, and a lot of times we ignore um, the signs or we ignore um, the facts that are presented to us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'll just be honest and say that it wasn't a one and done. I think that um, it was a life lesson. And I think that when when the universe or if you're spiritual and you believe in God, when God wants to teach you a lesson, I think you repeat it over and over again until you sort of get what it is that you're supposed to get out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of feel like I probably just woke up one day and it really wasn't like that. But I was just like, man, darn if I don't learn this lesson, I have to learn (laughs) again, right? Because I was just really tired of um, just sort of having uh, those same experiences. And so it took um, being in a really bad relationship that really cost me a lot and not just um in terms of emotion but financially 
um, you know, going down a path of like going to business with someone and opening up not just my heart, but my wallet for me to really um, start to to dig deeper um, and to kind of like carry through on that journey that I had started um, when I started going through my divorce. So, you know, even though I started that growth, like I, I really wasn't there until almost, I would say probably, um, almost four or five years after, um, after my marriage ended. Yeah. So there's a tremendous amount of work that we need to do on ourselves to again, recognize our patterns, which is something you did. And, uh, you're also recommending, uh, to anyone who's willing to listen that, you know, therapy is not a sign of weakness. It's, from what I'm hearing, you know, definitely a sign that you are willing to take responsibility for your own role in the equation, because I really appreciate what you said. Um, You're not pointing fingers. You're definitely recognizing that, you know, there was some incompatibility there, but you can only work on you. You can only do you for you. So that's a very courageous thing to do. Um, uh, So you recognize your own patterns and you've definitely learned to, you know, push forward. Um, just going back again, we can go back to the future. We can, we can go back, back in the past and, you know, we're definitely doing, doing work on ourselves. What's different now? I think what's different now is that I, I love myself, right? I really took the time as I, so as I was going to therapy, I also kind of made the decision that, you know, I was going to take some time for myself, um, to just be single and just kind of figure out what was important to me. So really to focus on my career, to focus on um, my health, right? Really, I work out a lot. I do a lot of exercise videos. I'm really investing. Stop shaming me, man. I'm tired of watching your feed. Okay? Okay, I am maximizing my gym membership now. Thank you. Good, good. I'm glad I can motivate you. (laughs) But I really just started to explore, like, what were the things that made Stephanie happy? Um, And I think kind of in that exploration, I feel like I started to become a whole person and I really started to tap into who I truly was, right? Making decisions for myself, doing the things that I wanted to do, um, giving myself permission to say no, right? Because I was like busy all the time. And I'm like, why am I always busy? Uh You know what I mean? Because I was doing things that I didn't even want to do because I felt like I had to do them. Um, And so just really just being more introspective and just starting to take that step back um, to enjoy being alone with myself. Um, And I just realized... I really liked myself <laughs> and I don't go. even know if I knew who I was for a really long time because so much of my energy was spent around pleasing other people or trying to be whomever it was that I thought I needed to be for that person, you know, whether it was my parents or my family and being tough and strong or at work, you know, being the perfect corporate person. And it just, I just realized in doing all of that, like I had lost a sense of who I was and a sense of what was important to me. There we go. You talk a lot though. Here we go. You know, talking about growth and authenticity, something we talk a lot about this program Um, because we often get caught into what I like to call the mask of acceptance in terms of who are we, who are the best people, you know, for our parents, who are the best people for our colleague, what is the best version for my spouse, for my kids And that is so often going to happen until we realize that 
Why am I working so hard? Why am I putting in so much effort? When you talk about overwhelm, when we talk about confusion, it's often because all these versions, in my experience anyway, and from what I'm hearing mm -hmm. from you, at a certain point, you lose sight, you lose track, and it's too confusing to keep up. It's, it's, um, it's a show that you really can't control anymore. And at some point, it becomes very, very, very tough. And that's, that's where we get into depression. That's where we fall into, you know, self-loathing. Who am I? When you hear people say, like, you know, I don't know who I am anymore because you put in so much effort into being so many versions when you mm -hmm. don't take the time to be you for you. And I really applaud you for doing that. Just you said the words right there. I realize I like myself. But that can only start if you take a second to be with yourself, to look right. at yourself, to accept right. yourself. That's an amazing thing. Um, what did I, what did I want to say? But you talked about, I really want I didn't want to lose that because I took notes. Um, you talked about saying no. And that's often something that a lot of people, that word that a lot of people don't take into consideration the power that comes with a no. No mm -hmm. is the equal opportunity offender. Just as much as yes, but no will get you out and will solve so many problems if you just learn to say no and talk about that. You know, just trying mm -hmm. to please everybody, trying to just get along with everybody. Talk about your experience with the no and how you've learned to, you know, just let people know that, you know what, I'm doing me now because people yeah. need to hear this. Yeah. And, and so what I realized is that like saying yes all the time was exhausting. Right. Um, and just to be clear, like I, I still have a hard time saying no. So it's not like I woke up one day and now all of a sudden I'm able to say no to everything. Um, but I think it's just being more conscious of it now than I was in the past. But it would be like, you know, I've had a really long week, like I've worked 12 hour days all week long. It's Friday. I'm exhausted. But my mom, who I love to death, needs me to come to Long Island for two hours to, to do something for her or to drive her around somewhere. And I'm just like, man, like I can call her an Uber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I can hire someone to help her do whatever. So I think it's saying no in a way where at times I still try to figure out what's the end goal that I'm trying to achieve. And mm -hmm. am I really the person who has to achieve it? Right. Because sometimes you're not. And sometimes you're able to say no and still accomplish whatever it is that needs to be done uh -huh. um and then they're saying no to other things like you know what there's a party i've got five different events that i've been invited to this weekend and i care about all five of these people but there's no way you know i can run all over manhattan or all over you know new york trying to make these five events so they could be in different states and i realized like, there was one one time when like my friends had an event in connecticut i went to the connecticut event i drove back to jersey to a jersey event and i went from jersey and i went to long island to a long island event and i was beat and i still had Obviously. to wake up on sunday get ready for the work week to go to work again. And I'm just like, you know what? Those were the types of decisions that I feel like I was making for myself that was exhausting, um, but also not giving me the time and the space that I needed just to spend time with me. Because mm -hmm. um, I was always going, I was always on a hundred um, and it wasn't healthy. It wasn't a place that I wanted to be. But I also realized too that part of it is, when you are not in a good space, when you're dealing with a tough situation, when you've dealt with heartbreak or you've been let down, sometimes you try to fill up that space, right? Um, and you try to force yourself to be really busy all the time right. because you don't want to take the time that you need to 
grieve the situation or grieve the relationship or heal from what it is because it's hard, right? Yeah. And when things are hard, it's easier to avoid them than deal with them. And so I had to allow myself to be okay to deal with the good and the bad. And sometimes it was painful and it was hard and I did a lot of crying and, you know, I did it by myself and I was okay with that. Um, but I couldn't get to the other side of the pain without allowing myself to, to just kind of go through it. Um, and I just, I realized that I wouldn't have been able to let go and move on. And, you know, I remember just a very specific day where I was sitting down. I was like so down and so unhappy with um, where my life choices had kind of landed me. Um, And I just sat there in the chair and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I'm going to allow my past to steal my future. And is that really what I want to do? And I just realized that if I continued to just sit in that space and feel sorry for myself and be depressed and not deal, um, there was no way I was ever going to be able to move on, not by myself or with anybody else for that matter. And if that was what I wanted, I had to change that. You Hmm? have to change that. And I just want to ask you, that was so beautiful. Again, I wanted to ask you just, what does that say about internal dialogue? Because you talk about, you touch on something very, very important right now the power of the internal dialogue, you taking ownership of where you are at this moment in time and space and accepting and acknowledging that, you know what, something has to change. And guess what? I'm the one that needs to make that change. Nobody else, not my employer, not my partner, not my significant other, nobody, me. I have to take that step. Yeah. I think it's a deep revelation when you can get to that space. Um, And then I think you can begin to do the work, right? And that's why I say, like, I had started on this journey, like, way back when, um, you know, my divorce was ending. And, you know, it was good to start the conversations, but I don't think my work really started until I had that realization um, that I I had to be able to figure out how to move on, right? And when they say, like, you, you forgive and you forget, I don't know if I really believe that. I don't think you ever really forget the things that you go through. And I don't think that you should, right? I think that you need to remember those things so that you don't hopefully repeat, um, the same mistakes or, you know, engage in, in behavior that's not going to lead you on the path that you want to be on. Um, but I do think in order for you to forgive, you have to heal, Um, And I always tell people forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. Because as long as you haven't forgiven the other person or you haven't forgiven the situation and moved on from it, you're living in it still. You're carrying it with you and you're taking it with you to every new situation, every new relationship. Um, And it really is baggage. One question I did have for you, though, and you can just totally skip over if you want. Have you forgiven yourself? That's an interesting question because, you know, when you first ask the question, I'm thinking, forgiving myself for what, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for ending the relationship. For So so I guess what I'll say is um, I think the thing that I carried with me um, the most in terms of guilt um, was that I really felt like I disappointed everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like... You know, I had all these people, um, friends, family, 
who had invested so much, right, in terms of not just financially, right? When I say investment, I mean investment in terms of energy and emotion and, you know, so many other things um, to support me in being in this relationship. And I felt like I really let them down. And it took me a really long time to forgive myself for that. Um, so much so that I really um, hesitated for a very long time to um, even introduce anyone in my family to people that I was dating, right? Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, I don't think I brought anybody around my family um, until very recently. Um, I have this amazing guy in my life, Um and I have included him, um, you know, into my broader life. But, you know, most people will tell you that they've never even seen me post a picture of someone on um, Facebook until this year um, mm-hmm. since I've been married. Right. And you probably can attest to that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, I have forgiven myself. But I think that that was the piece that I struggled with the most. Um, is that feeling of letting people who cared so much about me down. Um, that was a tough one for me. Because, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of a, not really a trick question because I heard you talk a lot about, you know, having to do the work and having to accept the pain because there's not just a pain of, you know, just, again, the pain of separation because there is an investment, even if it went sour, because there is some legitimate emotion that was put into this relationship. You know, there is, you know, a certain path that we walked together where we were, you know, just trying to make the best things happen. And when we realize that we have to break up because, you know, a breakup is a breakup, a divorce is a divorce. So there's no way you can just walk away from that. But yeah, it's all wonderful. But I heard also talk about, you know, the baggage and the emotion and everything that went with it. So you can't just, you know, just skirt it away and just brush it off. You know, we're not all Jay-Z. But um, (laughs) that's why I really ask if you forgave yourself, because, again, we can only work on us and we can only, you know, do the work on us. And it was really important for me to know, like, you know, down to your core on this path towards, you know, growth and acceptance, this wonderful path that you set for yourself and all this you know, this liking and loving and self-love uh, that you're experiencing right now, are you still carrying some of the baggage or have you learned again, you know, just, you know, just to set it aside, like, you know what, I am walking onward and forward. And that's what I'm hearing right now. Yeah. I mean, for me to really walk in my truth, I have to say, like, I don't know that we ever are able to a hundred percent unload all baggage. Right. So You know, if you're in a relationship and someone cheated on you, like there's always going to be a little part of you that's like, oh, like, is the next person going to cheat on me? Or you might look at certain situations a little bit more with scrutiny than you typically would because you've had that experience. Right. And so I do think experience kind of teaches you to hopefully be more aware. Mm -hmm. But what you can't do is go into new situations, you know, making the person, the new person in your life. Um, you know, basically pay for the sins of your past, right? And I think for me, that's that's what I can say that I've really learned is um, there are good people out there. And if you don't give them a chance, you're never going to know that. So everybody isn't going to be your ex. You know, every new relationship isn't going to be your last relationship. Um, but I also think you play a big part in what your relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Um And so I think if you can't find a way to kind of let go of that baggage or at least set it aside, um, I personally think it's almost virtually impossible to 
reach true levels of intimacy with another person um, to kind of create an environment where you're going to be in a loving and lasting relationship. Um, now, that's my truth. I don't know if that's everybody's truth, but that's that's just kind of where I've landed um, based on my experiences. That's a powerful truth. It's a powerful truth and a beautiful truth. And just based on your own experience, just piggybacking off that, what would be, you know, just off the top, anything that comes to your head on the path towards, you know, self-acceptance and, you know, forgiveness and, you know, just taking at least one step towards loving and accepting yourself. What would, what would you, you know, just, you know, advise people with? Like just, you know, because a lot of people tr- deal with those issues of, you know, comparing and, you know, why is their relationship better than my relationship? Why are their kids nicer than my kids? Why is her career better than my career? You, was, we were saying this over, off the air. You need to do you. And how do we do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to appreciate the things that other people have attained, right? Um, but I think... If you appreciate something about someone else, for me, the journey needs to be about if that thing is something that I really want, how do I get there? Not being envious or wishing it was me or this person has it better than me, because I think sometimes we see the end result, um, but we don't see the work. We don't see the journey, right, that the person had to take to kind of get to that place. So. You might see someone who's been in a relationship for 50 years and you're like, wow, they're really lucky. I don't think luck has anything to do with it. I think it's really the work and the effort that they put into building something that was strong enough, right, um, to sustain that amount of time. Um, I think anybody who's been in a relationship for a really, really long time will tell you that. Um, there's been ups and downs. I, I don't know that there's any one relationship out there that's been perfect. And if it oh, yeah. was like, you know, hey, maybe there is one. I don't know. But <laughs> I think that part of being able to appreciate the good times is weathering some storms sometimes. Um, but I think it's all about how you weather those storms. And I think it's about making a choice. I remember a long time ago, like my dad used to tell me all the time, like, Cause he's always happy. Like my dad has never had a bad day in his life. Like he's always <laughs> smiling. And I'm like, dude, like, how are you always 24 hours a day? Like Mr. Positivity, like, can you get mad? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, he would just tell me like, you choose to be happy. And he's like, I choose every single day to be happy. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that happen in the day that upset me. It doesn't mean that I don't have tough situations that I'm dealing with, but I still make a choice um, to be happy. And I think relationships are kind of like that. I think you choose um, to be in them every single day. It doesn't mean that you're not going to encounter tough situations or there aren't going to be like third parties who, you know, may try to infiltrate your situation or whatever the case might be. Um, But I think it's making a conscious choice that if this is where you want to be, that you're going to do what it takes um, to be there. So. You know, I just say choose wisely. And once you've chosen, like, just really be in it. Because um, I don't think you give it a real chance if you don't really allow yourself to be in it and be vulnerable. Um, so, yeah. It definitely has a lot to do with a lot of things that you want out of this life. You know, not just in relationships, but I think that resonates with a lot of aspects when we want it to, you know, quote unquote, succeed. You have to put in the work. You said it yourself. You have to put in the work. There's no 
there's no um, there's no if and or buts about it. Anything that you want is going to require some level of commitment. And, you know, I love that word discipline. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to talk about discipline because, you know, for some reason, I think we've bought into the idea that, you know, the most loving relationships or careers or anything, it's all supposed to be wonderful. It's all supposed to be great. You know, we're just going to love each other all day and every day. Uh, no. And yeah. nothing happens like that. You know, you don't start a business and say like, yeah, clients are just going to come storming through the door. It doesn't happen. You're going to have to put in some sweat equity. It's going to happen. You're going to have some bad days. There are some days you're not going to make sales. And some days, you know, you're not going to want to go to the gym. And some days your kids are going to be assholes. You know what? Anything worth succeeding is going to demand a very hard amount of work success, work commitment and sacrifice. A lot of people don't want to hear that word, you know, sacrifice, commitment, blood, sweat, tears, work, people. It needs to, you need to put in the work. I love the fact that you said that. It's a very powerful truth. Yeah. And I think that what people don't realize, like a lot of times it's doing it when you don't even feel like it. Right. Uh -huh. And I don't know. I think we live, sometimes we romanticize life. <laughs> and it's in everything right like you're like oh you this person has this great job like do you think this person goes into work every single day and it's just rosy and peaches and that's why they get this great salary like no like you have to make tough decisions like you have to do the things that nobody else wants to do you know like you talk about going to the gym do you know how many times i film and post on instagram or facebook or whatever and i'm having a really crappy day or i had a really crappy night and i'm so tired right but and I know myself and I know that if I don't have that consistency and I don't get up and go to the gym, if I miss two, three days of the gym, like it's a struggle for me to get back on the horse. Right. So I have okay. to make that commitment. Even if I go to the gym and I do like three sit ups, which never happens. <laughs> but if okay. I did, I still did it. Right. I still did something. Um, and so I think it's about showing up and being present, um, you know, as consistently as you can be. You're very big on discipline. Yeah, it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but, you know, I am someone who, like, once I make a decision to do something, I tend to try to get it done, um, which good. is good and bad, right? You know, because I could argue that, that I probably stayed. Well, like, for example, like my marriage, right? Like, I probably stayed in it way longer than I should have. Not that it was it lasted a long time, but I probably should have been out of that, you know, three months in or one month in, you know, uh -huh. um, but because of my sense of commitment, because I like to see things through and because I also believe that marriage is forever, um, I pushed through and I stayed in something way longer than I should have. So I think discipline is important and committing is important, but I also think that you have to be able to discern um, and just know um, when it's time to um, walk away from something or to pause on something, or even if we're using the gym as the example, you know, sometimes you need a break and your body needs to recover. Um, so you have to kind of know when to push yourself and you have to figure out what works for you. Um, but I think the key is to try to be as consistent as you can be within whatever boundaries you set for yourself. That is amazing. That is amazing. So you need to run life on your own formula and the formula is not working. You have to be malleable enough to change it and adjust it accordingly. Exactly. And it's yeah. not always going to be the same. And that's OK. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to to pause or to 
to whatever to again you know back to the permission to say no like sometimes we just feel like we can't but it's okay like if i if i if i promised you i was going to cook you dinner tonight but i get home i've had a really long day and i'm exhausted like it's okay for me to be like hey we're going to order takeout tonight right and we're fine with that i have to be fine with that or not right it's okay if you're not it's okay if you're upset i mean you know that's not in that scenario, I don't know how realistic that is to be upset about it, but it's okay. Like you could feel like it's okay to feel however you feel about it. But I need to be able to, regardless of how you feel and what your reaction is. And, you know, again, this might, that might not be the best example. Oh, no, it's a great example. Um, there are just times when you have to be able to do whatever it is that's right for yourself. Um, regardless of kind of your sense of commitment and and once you kind of make that decision you kind of have to be okay with it oh no definitely definitely you touch on something that's really beautiful having the the courage and ease not even courage but yeah you, ha- you need to be within a particular space within a relationship in my experience anyway just taking from me to be able to have the safety and security to express yourself respectfully but honestly you know and that's something i learned you know growing into my marriage you know, into our relationship. In the very beginning, and I told my wife this with full honesty, in the beginning, I made the very big mistake of being yes all the time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. was very pleasing, very accommodating, very, you know, malleable. It's like, you know, let's just do this. Like, you know, yeah, we let's just go watch this movie. Let's just go watch this show. And let's go, go do this. Even though I clearly don't, and something I, you know, had to, you know, admit, first of all, to myself, and then eventually grow into adjusting as our relationship went by. And mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what? This doesn't work for me anymore. You know what? No, I don't want to do this. But since you want to, I have no problem with adjusting. But just so you know, we're not going to pick a fight. We're not going to, since it's not going to create a volcanic aspect, I'll still be nice. But just so you know, I'm not really into this. But could we probably do something else or eat something else or not do this? I just want to stay mm-hmm. here. You know, so things you need to change your vocabulary. And sometimes yes is the worst thing you can say because the person on the other end of the aisle just wants to hear exactly what's on your mind, even if that answer probably is not okay. Um, just, you know, I could pick so many examples, but just the simple fact that I care enough about you to know what's on your mind. Maybe we're not thinking about the same thing. We don't want the same thing, but I want you to feel okay enough to know that you can talk to me and tell me that you don't want to, and that's okay. And that's where, you know, I totally get you on the point where, you know what, sometimes we don't want the same thing and that's okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, relationships are two people, right? It takes at least two people to be in relationships. So I think that that is key to have a a partner who has their own opinion and who has their own thoughts and and opinions and desires. Um, And I think together, hopefully you can kind of, you know, create a space where um, you can have that open and honest um, conversation. Because I think for me, like when I go back to when I was being really introspective and just trying to understand where um, I could have done things a a little bit differently. One of the things that I really realized is that I spent a lot of time in relationships overperforming. Right. And by that, I mean, like I was trying to cook and clean and be beautiful and sexy and just perfect all the time. And I just realized that by doing that, like, I created this barrier where, like, the person couldn't even get to really know me because 
I was just so busy doing, 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 doing all the time. Um, And, you know, if you, I mean, as a woman, if you want to be with a man, like, he's not looking for a maid or a caretaker, right? (laughs) He wants to be in a relationship with a woman. Um, You you know, there's certain things that you can kind of get anywhere. So it's really more about what is unique about your relationship? What are the things that keep you two together? And I think a lot of that has to do with intimacy. And it's really hard for a man to connect with a woman when she's always kind of like in that masculine energy space all the time. And so mm-hmm. I know for me, like I really had to learn just kind of like how to be softer and how to just allow someone else to do for me. Cause the other thing is too, like no one wants to be in a relationship where they feel like they don't add any value and that they're not participating in the relationship. So if you're in a relationship where one person does everything, the other person is kind of like, well, why am I here? What's my role in this relationship? Because we're both sitting, the one person is there just sitting there and enjoying all the perks of being in a relationship, but I'm not really doing anything, so I feel kind of useless. Right, and so what should feel like a perk, it doesn't feel like a perk, right? It just kind of feels like, you know, again, like, you're filling up a space that could be filled by anybody, really. Right. You're an accessory type of thing. Right, right. And so I think people need to understand where they fit into the relationship. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people forget that because we think what love means is to always do and to always be and to always be accepting. And, like, no, like, if you're wrong, like, I need to be able to tell you that you're wrong. Um, if something isn't working, we need to be able to talk about it. If you're making a really poor decision that's going to impact either, whether it's just you or both of us, like we need to be able to have that conversation. Have that conversation. You know, it's like if I see you walking towards a pothole and you're about to fall in, like it's my responsibility to at least try to stop you, right? Um, So I I just think that's important. And a lot of times we've been taught in relationships, especially, I think, in a Caribbean household. I mean, I don't know if it's like that. I can only go by my experience, but that you're supposed to just kind of always be supportive no matter what and always do whatever that quote unquote right thing is. Like, you know, I very rarely saw my parents argue. Um, And my mom always had dinner waiting for my dad every single night. Like she'd work a 12 hour shift as a night. Um, as a nurse and there was always dinner on the table and it was just like how in the world can one person effectively manage to do that like 365 days a year it's a lot it is a lot that's how we were brought up that is the image that's the script that's a word that's the script that you know we grew up in and that's we that we try to you know, emulate within our relationship until we ourselves, I'm talking about our generation, we learn to identify, okay, this is a, this is a nice blueprint. What can we adjust? What can we modify? And what, what can we do away with? And that's an equation that we're all trying to solve, again, for the better or for worse. Because it's, because again, we're, we don't get taught. This is the one thing that we're not taught. Everybody's just trying to figure it out <laughs> and for the better or for worse. But it's a, it's a courageous thing because sharing your life journey with someone is a very courageous feat. It's a very audacious decision. And sometimes, yes, we have to say that it is a gamble. It is a gamble. But, you know, you both have to be in it. You know, you have to be able to go all in. And you have to be willing to serve the greater good of the relationship. 
because again, if there's miscommunication or uh, misinterpretation of mutual expectations, that's where things can, you know, can go awry. And uh, yeah, we need to take ownership of what we want and what we expect and, you know, what we bring to the table. And we both need to feel, you know, both valued, considered and worthy. Um, what does your morning routine look like? Because again, always talking about self-care because again, people need to, you know, just emulate the fact that because that's something else I want to give out to people is like daily tips or practical tips. How should we attack the day? Yeah, aside from going to the gym. <laughs> I would say like it just depends. I think that, um, you know, it just depends. Every day is a little bit different. Like I'm not going to lie. There are days when it's very zen and I want to wake up in the morning and I stay in bed for a couple of minutes. I get up, I brush my teeth. I have my kombucha because that is a daily thing for me. I must have every single morning. Um, and if it's a gym day, then I do try to typically start the day off with the gym. Um, I guess probably even before I go to the gym, I will probably check email, make sure that I'm caught up um, for work from the day before because I don't ever want to be caught off guard. Um, in my current role right now, my mornings start at 8 a.m. with calls um, to the U.K. Mm-hmm. Um, so I typically go to the gym. I come home. I shower. I'm on the phone by 8 a.m. I'm usually probably on calls till about 10 then I get on the road and I head out to work, which is great because um, I get to miss all the traffic. Um, I try to eat small but balanced meals throughout the course of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's important from a health perspective. Like I'm always trying to encourage people to eat enough because I think especially when people are trying to lose weight um, or get healthy, they think that they need to eat less. And I obviously very much disagree with that. I think it's eating more of the right things. Um, And so I try my best to make um, good food choices. I struggle sometimes because I'm very much a stress eater. Mm-hmm. And my days are very stressful. <laughs> I run very, very large, expensive projects that have um, a lot of financial implication um, when things don't go right. And so stress is a normal part of my day. So, again, just being very conscious of that and trying to to make the right choices. Um, and then depending on where I am, because right now I'm in a long distance relationship. So if I'm home. Uh, here in New Jersey, I'll typically get home probably like around seven. Um, and I'll try to catch up again on email just to kind of wrap up the night. And then I'll try to do something mindless, you know, maybe listen to a podcast or a book or just watch um, TV. I'm guilty of watching, um, you know, some reality shows sometimes, <laughs> but really just things that don't require me to think so yeah, that I can sort of have idea. that downtime. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um because I find that I really need it. Um, and then if I'm in Atlanta, like my favorite thing to do is obviously just have dinner and make dinner with my boyfriend and just talk about our day and, you know, cuddle up, watch a movie, whatever. Um, but that's like my typical day. And I, I don't know how you fit too much more in, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless obviously you have kids and that is a journey that I have not embarked on yet that Dude. will probably significantly uh. change my routine. Definitely. But definitely, because the reason I asked that, because because we talked a lot about on this uh, this wonderful exchange about the fact that we need to do what works for us. 
we need to walk the path towards acceptance. Growth comes from growth is growth is hard. You know, there's a quote I saw and I even made a post about it. Growth is hard. Ask a butterfly. You need <laughs> to walk the path of acceptance and the journey is going to be a harsh one. But if you are honest and authentic to your personal truth and you walk into your own greatness, you can only enjoy it and reap the rewards. Um, it hasn't been easy. You talked about the pain. You talked about the heartache. And I'm sorry you had to go through that because it's nothing funny. There's nothing funny about a divorce, you know, not just from a financial perspective, as you put it, but especially within our own culture being so conservative and so traditional. I can only imagine the weight that you had to carry, you know, just everybody probably having their own two cents to tell about you. So that was probably really hard. But I applaud you for, you know, coming out the other end, you know, stronger, more courageous, more fierce, more uh, honest with yourself, forgiving. And lo and behold, you know, having, you know, taking the necessary steps for you to walk into your personal awesomeness and walk then keep walking that path. And I want to thank you for, you know, the example that you're setting for yourself. And people need to hear this. You know what? Relationships take work. And again, you can only write your own story and you only write your own formula. You can only do you. So I want to thank you for that. This was an amazing exchange, Steph. And I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for being here. No, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, there's lessons that I've learned. Like, do I wish I could have learned them in an easier or different way? Sure. Um, but I think we're all kind of a combination of our experiences. And I think to the extent that you can learn and grow and take what you need from the experiences that you have, good or bad, um, because in life you're going to experience both, Um I think at the end of the day, most people um, hopefully come out the better for it. Um, and I'm excited. I'm just really, really excited about my life, where I'm at now, where I'm headed. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm expecting it to be perfect. Um, but I've also learned that your life ebbs and flows. And so sometimes the things that you need or want um in certain points of your life, it's okay for them to change, right? And so, like, in my 20s, like, what was important to me then was completely different from what was important to me in my 30s. And I think being okay with that, um, you know, like, right now, one of the things I love the most about my life is that it's very flexible. You know, I can get on a plane and, and go see my boyfriend for a week in Atlanta, and I can still do my job and be successful and, and live the life that I want versus before when I was in corporate, like, I couldn't do that. Right. Um, so I think, you know, again, just giving yourself permission to live the life that you need and want to live um, in whatever that that moment or that point in time um, requires for you to be your best self and to be happy. That's all it is. That's all it is. As always, I like to close off closing tradition as it's become throughout all these episodes. I like to leave the floor up to the guests. You know this. Like, you know, you're the first one. One of the few guests you're used to this habit. Okay, so launching it out. A quote, a personal thought, a call to action, whatever. Even a sonnet, a song, whatever. <laughs> so people just kick it up and wake up tomorrow, taking that next step towards the next level. What can we leave the listeners with? Um, I would just say be really conscious in the choices that you make um, and be really thoughtful about 
you know, why you're making those decisions, who you're making them for, um, and to try to make decisions that serve your best life. I won't say your best self because I don't know that all your decisions are always about you because um, there are going to be times that you have to make decisions that care for other people. Um, but, but just being conscious that you're, you're, you're making decisions that are going to allow you to um, hopefully experience your best life because you don't know how long it's going to be. And I just think it's so important, especially as I'm approaching 40, um, to really just live life and live every moment um, in a way that's as meaningful as it can be. Every day in every way, just live your best life. You only get 20. Everybody has the same 24 hours. Let's, you know, let's make the best of them. Yeah, it's what you choose to do with it. I can't thank you enough again for this tremendous, tremendous conversation. It's uh, it's an amazing privilege, you know, to call you family. And again, I want to thank you again for being part of this journey. Thank you for this personal truth. Uh, it's never easy to revisit uh, these unfortunate circumstances of our lives, but I'm hearing a lot of acceptance and courage. And I hope that the people listening to this recording can take an example and just springboard off that and understand that, you know what, bad things, bad, bad days will happen, but eventually you turn the page and, you know, you walk your own truth and your own path. Steph, when, if the people are looking for you, where can we find you on the interwebs? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. I'm always here for a DM. Happy to help in any way that I can. Um, adjust me underscore SMD. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook. Um, just good old me, Stephanie Michelle Delpy. Definitely link up all the notes and all the show notes and all the Instagrams. Definitely like prominent space on the blog post once this episode goes live. Guys, this has been another tremendous and amazing episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. Thank you so much for being part of this wonderful journey. Episode 100, just around the corner. Stay tuned for that. Guys, if you like these episodes, if you find any relevant or, again, useful tips, please do share. We always appreciate your support. Always available on all the platforms. Anywhere you can Google the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We're everywhere. I put in a lot of work just to make sure you guys find this. But always available as well as for the simple email, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. I am your host, DJ Dave, signing off from Kansiak, Quebec. Have a tremendous and terrific evening. As always, be blessed and do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.